Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Today, we are invited to open up the Word of God to the book of Joshua. I'm going to teach you something today that I have never taught before. Uh, I kind of try my best to um, make sure that for those people who attend, that they get something worth their moment. And I know the Word of God is always worth a moment, but this is something that today... I've used this process all of my life as far as my spiritual life goes, but I have never taught anyone else how to use this. And it is a dynamic tool uh, for you to help other people and also for you to see where you are in life and how to proceed from where you are and to understand different characteristics and even promote uh, you know, Bible uh, um, study, a lot more Bible study. Uh, that you may not would have uh, recognized had it not been for this particular type of process. You may do this already, but uh, perhaps you don't. But we're going to put a name to it today. Uh, we're going to uh, call this Overlays. You have probably seen this before in life and how that you can lay something down, especially you can buy when you go to these tourist places, little maps of how the city is and how it used to be, you know, years ago, and then you can, you know, turn a page and it overlays another clear thing and it shows you what it was like, you know, 200 years later, then, you know, 300, then 500 years later, and, you know, and, and so overlays gives you perspective into something that you may not would have uh, uh, seen otherwise with just, you know, looking at it as it is. And so um, what the process is in overlaying is, is understanding that, the Old Testament and the New Testament tell the same story. You may have heard some preacher say at some point that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. That simply means this, that we have one story but in that story, God used so many different people. He used generation after generation after generation after generation in the Old Testament to tell a story, to give accounts of a natural life of God interacting with his children in a natural situation. Then when we get to the New Testament, everything can be spiritualized. But the Bible is just one story. The people in the first church, for example, you know, the apostle Peter and and uh, James and John and, and Paul and uh, Timothy, and Ty they didn't have a New Testament. Whenever Paul wrote to Timothy and said, all scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for knowledge, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, you, and that you can be complete. He was talking about the Old Testament. He was talking about us looking into the Old Testament in order to find life principles and how God wants to interact with us in our spiritual life. Once it was a natural, first the natural, then the spiritual. The Old Testament shows a natural, of course, children of Israel coming out of a, a, a natural Egypt 
And in the New Testament, of course, we know that we mimic that, we overlay that, because we are the children of, of Israel. We are the children of God. And so we see ourselves in their tent, in their place. And we see Egypt as the world. And we see Pharaoh as Satan. And we see, you know, the, the, you know, uh, the Red Sea as water baptism. And we see the cloud that followed them in the day and covered them in, in a fear, uh, fire by night as the Holy Spirit. We see the manna coming down out of heaven as the bread of life, Jesus. We see water flowing from the rock as the same. We see the Ten Commandments as the Word of God. We see, you know, uh, Canaan as the promised land. And I mean, all these things. They're, so we're always doing overlays. But we may not uh, realize just how powerful and important these are in order for us to continue to grow, to know what to do, and to be prepared to have principles before we have problems. And so, uh, you know, the Old Testament catalogs accounts of God working in the lives of his children. And the New Testament, uh, you know, it gives us, uh, you know, a, a, um, an understanding that our journeys today are no different than their journeys, you know, of, of 4,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago. We have the same journey. So the Old Testament is a roadmap for our lives. We can look into it. And many of the major events in the Old Testament were designed by God to be a natural portrayal of a spiritual encounter that we would face in the church age. Whether you were facing an enemy called the Hittites or an enemy called the Jebusites or whether you were facing giants or whether, you know, uh, you know whatever may be happening, whether people you know told David you cannot come up here nevertheless he took you know the you know the Jerusalem you know I mean all these things speak to us in our lives in times because we can lay our life over each one of these scenarios and this morning we're going to do just that with an overlay and we're going to uh, discover some parallel truths which uh, you may not have seen uh, were it not for following out these trains because once you put an overlay over something then uh, you need to go on and run with that in, in, in a Bible study. Run with it as far as, as, as you have time to run with it to see who all the other characters are and how they interact in that particular overlay. Uh, and so uh, we'll look at some parallel truths that connect with a very uh, familiar account from uh, the book of Joshua chapter 1. So we're going to be looking in Joshua chapter 1 this morning uh, for this very familiar passage, okay? Now, uh, now uh, you know, uh, Moses can and often does represent a lot of different people in the Bible. When we're doing an overlay, uh, this morning we're going to use this, and Moses is going to be our first character. But once we center him up, once we center the main character up here, okay, once we decide in our world today for this circumstance who Moses is, then everybody else can be figured out in light of who he is in this particular story. Okay? Moses, for example, sometimes in the Bible represents God. You know, in fact, if you were looking at Exodus, the fourth chapter, uh, you would find out in verse 15 that God said to Moses, you will be to Aaron as God. So Aaron had to overlay Moses with a God image so that Aaron could figure out where he fits in this God image. OK, in this God scenario, in this God overlay, sometimes Moses can represent a Supreme Court judge. 
You know, if I'm having trouble with the Supreme Court, I can go to the Word of God and I can find a lot of people that I can overlay. You can overlay Moses. In fact, Jethro, you'll find out uh, if, if you read in Exodus chapter 18, that Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, went and watched him judge all the people. He, and he said, listen, you judge the small cases and, and, and you bring the big cases to me. Isn't that interesting? And so, you know, I, I don't know if you've had a chance to do this, but I've done this all of my life for the last, you know, you know, you know, uh, for all of my spiritual life, decades, I have gone to the Word of God to find out what I should think and who the players are and how the players are interacting and, 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 and you know, how I can better understand things. Moses can represent a pastor. You know, Moses was a shepherd in, you know, on, on, in, in Midian. You can overlay him, and once you overlay him as a pastor, then you can see who the other people are in the story. Moses can represent, you know, a believer that's called by God. Once you put, you know, your life, you know, you can be Moses, boom, and have a burning bush experience and feel called by God to go and do something special for God. To go and, you know, uh, uh, to tell Pharaoh, command the devil to let the people go, to let his children go. I mean, you, you can have a burning, you know, and, and even then Moses went back to Jethro and said to Jethro as a, as, as a born again believer, as a member of a church, he went back to the priest who Jethro in that scenario was the priest of Midian. And he went back to his authority and said, can I go do this? I mean, God called me to do this. Is it okay if I go and do this? And Jethro, you, you, you can read about it, told Moses, yes. Okay, yes, God bless you and you go and do this. And then Jethro stayed supportive of Moses' ministry. The rest of Jethro's, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, the, the rest that we have in Jethro in the whole word of God. He was supportive. Uh, what, what wonderful pictures, you know. Uh, Moses can and often does represent Jesus. And once we put an overlay of Moses being Jesus, which we're going to do today, okay, today Moses is going to equal Jesus. And so we're going to read this account today in light of what if every time, you know, we thought about Moses, we thought about Jesus. And then we're going to see who the other players are and how they interact in life and how it applies to us today. Am I making any sense? Okay. All right. This is a great way to do Bible studies. Even if you're not on some trail trying to find out, you know, something about your life, it's wonderful just to sit down and say, okay, now if this, you know, uh, is this. For example, you can read in the Bible, uh, you know, most of the times when it says Jesus, you can read the Word. You can just put the Word over there, the Bible, and you read it in light of that, you know, and, and read all this. Uh, it's, it's just a wonderful process. But this morning, we're going to make Moses Jesus, okay? And so let's begin reading with verse 1. After the death of Moses. Okay, now who is Moses in our overlay? Okay, so here we're going to imagine this now. We're going to be looking at this biblical truth because truth is parallel and it's multi-layered. It's multifaceted, multi-dimensional. God is just this big. And he intends for these Old Testament uh, accounts to speak to us today. It's not just an account of Moses. This is a truth that there is an after Moses died. You wouldn't expect that. The children of Israel never expected Moses to die. Well, neither did the, did, 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 uh, the disciples or anyone ever expect Jesus to die. I mean, but, but can you imagine after the death of Moses? Can you imagine? I mean, Moses went down to Egypt, told Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go, and they came out with a mighty hand, and there was bread falling from heaven every day, and there was water from a rock, and there was, I mean, all the enemies were subdued, and now Moses is dead. Moses said, come go with me. I'm going to take you in, you know. But they didn't understand. They didn't know the full plan. Yes, but, 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 but you know, God has, but you know, here Jesus died after the death of Jesus. There is an after. You see, that shows us that God, that, that encourages me, that God had a plan, not only for Moses, but he had a plan for after Moses. 
God not only had a plan, God wasn't surprised that Jesus was crucified. You know, and he had a plan. He always had a plan for after the death of Jesus, uh, the servant of Jehovah, Jesus, the servant of Jehovah. You know, I'm reading after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, Jehovah, it came to pass that the Lord spoke. Can you believe that God is still speaking after the death of Jesus? <laughs> Can you imagine he would want anything to do with this world after the death of Jesus and he still has a plan? Yes, his plan went right through the life of Jesus and out the other side of it through his death. And then then God spoke. Of course we can see God speaking. But who's God speaking to? God spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. <laughs> you know, uh, that's what the New King James says. You know, uh, you know uh, Joshua. Of course, Joshua could be anyone who is an assistant of Jesus. Namely, as we can easily and quickly understand, the disciples. The disciples were assistants of Jesus, you know, and God spoke to them. I mean, right after the death of, of, of Jesus, you know, God gave them, a, 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 you know, something. God spoke to them. It can also be the church because, uh, you know, Joshua really represents the church in this overlay because God is speaking to the church today. After the death of Jesus, Jesus did his work and then he's gone to heaven and now God is speaking to the church or to any born-again believer. If you are an assistant, if you are a servant, if you are someone that, 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 that you know, is called to help Jesus, then God will speak to you because we are in that period after the death of, you know, God is not speaking to Jesus anymore. I mean, except, hey, bud, what's going on? You know, uh, uh, you know God is now not speaking to Jesus any longer about what needs to be done on the earth. He's speaking to somebody else about it. Why? Because they're on the earth. I mean, do, do you see these uh, spiritual parallels? Okay. Uh, one of the first truths that we can glean from this account is to realize that God has a continuing plan for the church. The death of Jesus did not signal the, 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 uh, the end, but rather uh, uh, the beginning of the next chapter, the beginning of the next season. And uh, after Jesus died, to the amazement of many people, God uh, you know, uh, it, it started speaking to his servants, like he spoke to Joshua after the death of Moses. And God is speaking to us today. He's working for the same goal that, that you know, uh, Joshua was going to be told to keep working for the same goal that Moses told you about way back there. Well, God's going to say the same thing to the church today that he said to Jesus. He's going to be saying the same thing to you today. That's, uh, that's why we can't get mixed up. God's not going to tell you something new. God's going to tell you something different. God's not going to start another storyline. God not hadn't changed his mind. God is, has one goal and one story. He's headed that way. And all we are seeing here in the book of Joshua is the death of Moses, which the death of Jesus, and God began to speak to those who were servants of Moses, namely the church and born-again believers. Verse 2, okay. Moses, my servant, is dead. That's the first thing he said to Joshua. By the way, have you noticed, you know, you're it. You know, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Oh, I, 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 I love that. That's one of the first words that God wants to give, whether it's to the disciples. I mean, the first word that Jesus, even after his resurrection, sent to his followers was, you know, get up and go to Galilee. Arise, get up, do something. There's something to do. You know, uh, go out in the streets, the highways, the byways. You know, go into all the world. Arise and go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the children of Israel. Of course, uh, uh, we're, we're going to talk about what the Jordan is, but 
but the, to the children of Israel, that, 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 that's to God's children, to all the morning. You know, it's, uh, you know, there is a land. In the Old Testament, in Joshua's day, it was a natural land. Today, it's a spiritual land. There, there, there are some spiritual things that God wants us to get into. Uh, here, it was likened as a promised land, but there was an obstacle, okay? The obstacle was the Jordan River, okay? Now, here is the Sea of Galilee. Here is the Dead Sea, the Jordan River. Wow. They were camped. Here's Jericho, and here's Jerusalem. They were camped right here in the plains of Midian, there's Gilgal, right between Jericho and Gilgal. And here's where they're going to end up crossing the Jordan River. Okay? Dead Sea, Sea of Galilee. Uh, this is Syria. You know, uh, uh, well, let me, let me draw this up here. Uh, let's see. Up here is Lebanon. Okay? Uh, kind of here. And, uh, you know, uh, Turkey is up here. Okay? Uh, Syria, um, Iraq, okay? um, you know, Jordan. Uh, Syria comes down like this and around like this. But anyway, uh, the Euphrates River. The Euphrates River runs out of Turkey and right through Syria and into Iraq and down here. Okay? This is the Euphrates. Uh, it is, from where they are, it is 350 miles to the Euphrates. Okay? It makes a little jaunt like this. And so it's 350 miles to the Euphrates. It's, uh, it's 150 miles from here to what is called the wilderness of Lebanon. It's actually right about right here. Here is the Mediterranean Sea. And it's 60 miles to the Mediterranean Sea as the crow flies. 60, 350, and 150, okay? Now, uh, what many people don't realize when they're reading this without a little Bible study is to realize that what, what the children of Israel, what the promised land was, what God had brought them out of Egypt to inherit Okay. Many people, when they read this, they think crossing the Jordan. I mean, how many times have we heard good messages? And there are, depends on what you overlay this with. Crossing the Jordan can be wonderful. It can, you, you can overlay it with death. I'm going to cross the Jordan and I'm going to get into heaven, my promised land, you know. Or you, 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 you can do it with uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Crossing over that Jordan and going into the land of the enemies to fight the enemies. You were getting manna out here and over here. You're going to have to raise your own stuff. It's growing up. You can, you can overlay this with a lot of different scenarios, all of which are true in parallel truths, how multidimensional God has made his word. But as we're overlaying this today with Jesus, and let's say that Joshua is, is, is the church of born-again believers, okay, then uh, they have been told here, that, that uh, uh, arise and go over this Jordan. What many people don't realize is this Jordan that they are told to cross right here. It's not so that they can go into the promised land. Because the Bible says that the land that God gave the children of Israel 
included all this land here. So the Jordan River is actually right in this scenario, in this overlay, is right in the middle of their Christian experience. This obstacle, this hurdle, this barrier, this boundary, this border, this, this experience that they are needing of arising and crossing over, of, of realizing, you know, because they've already in this particular case been born again. They got born again whenever they were led out of Egypt and, and, and Pharaoh let them go and they came out of the world and, and they were baptized in the Red Sea and they were covered by the Holy Spirit and they got the word of God and they've been taking manna and, 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 and following a rock. They already been born again, okay? Just been wandering in their salvation, but Jordan right here is in is well in the promised land in fact Reuben Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh they all inherited right here on that side on the eastern side of Jordan the Jordan River is in their promised land and many times what we don't realize is, is that there are obstacles in Jordan rivers. There, there, there are rivers, there are moments that we need to arise. There are moments in our lives that we need to arise and cross over even after we have been born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, covered, got the good word of God, and, and, and yet some obstacle is presenting itself, okay? Uh, uh, am, am, am I making any sense? Verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Now, this is the picture of the Great Commission. This is what they are doing right here. They're going to be getting up and going in and taking some land. And we have been told that every place of once the sole of our foot shall tread. In this scenario, with Jesus having died and him having spoke to the church, arise and cross over this obstacle. Get up and go in, 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 in toward your enemies uh, be, because I'm going to give you every place on which the sole of your foot shall tread. You know, it, it, it reminds me of Luke, the 10th chapter, whenever uh, uh, Jesus said, yes, you can tread upon serpents, scorpions, of all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by any means hurt you. I mean, over and over we see this great commission of going into all the world. Get up and go. I'm going to give you what, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bless you and prosper you. And you're going to, you know, uh, on and on. It, there, there are so many New Testament revelations from this. We, the church and every born again believer have been given a commission, the same commission that God gave to our Moses, to Jesus, to go. And to conquer. You see, for this reason the Son of God was made manifest. 1 John 3, 8. For this reason the Son of God was made manifest. You know, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That is our commission. And the works of the devil were manifest. I mean, there are giants over here. You know, there are, there are, you know, there are, there are uh, you know, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the Gergesites. I mean, you know, uh, all, all of those ites are here. That doesn't mean they didn't live over here. They had conquered a lot of them over here, you know. Uh, a lot of kings they had conquered over here. And they now were being told to cross over this Jordan. Verse 4, from the wilderness of this Lebanon, from the wilderness and uh, this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, from here to Lebanon, to the Euphrates and to the sea, which is toward the going down of the sun, is what the next verse says. You know, all of this shall be your territory. I'm, I'm, not, I'm giving it all to you. Okay? Uh, the children of Israel were already in the promised land. 
you know, and in and, and, and verse 5, he tells them, No man, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. No man shall be successfully able to stop you all the days of your life. I have opened a door that no man can shut. And no man can successfully stop the church. No one can successfully stop um, my progress. No one can successfully stop uh, uh, taking this ground. Now, the Bible tells us that the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violence take it by force. We have to forcefully press ourselves into these things. He said, but listen, no one, no man shall be able to stop you. I mean, uh, it, 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 is, it is, you know, as I was with, you know, Jesus... I'm going to be with you. Well, what does that mean? In our New Testament understanding, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it's the same. Just like God was with Jesus, God is with me. Just like, uh, just like I was with Moses, I will be with you, Joshua. Just like I was with Jesus, I will be with you, born-again believer. Just like I was with Jesus, I will be with you, church. And nobody will ever be able to stop you. Every place on which the sole of your foot shall tread, I'll give you for an inheritance. And on top of that, he continues to say, and I will not leave you or forsake you. What a wonderful, wonderful testimony out of Hebrews 13. 13 in verse 5 where the apostle Paul said you know uh, recounting that, that 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 God will never leave you and never forsake you I love this that same spirit Romans 8 11, that raised Christ from the dead you know it is Christ in us Colossians 1 says it's the hope of glory <laughs> you know uh, Jesus said in John 14 12 the works that I do shall you do also why because God hadn't changed his mind he, he he told Moses I got this plan and Moses went to a place and died and then God said now get up right there where Jesus died and you get up from that place and you go across this you get over at whatever obstacles and hurdles that are presented before you because the work of Jesus has got to be continued and the works he did shall you do also just like I was with Jesus I will be with you I will never leave you I will never forsake you I'll be with you always even to the end of this age can you see Jesus just repeating this story over and over and over throughout the Word of God he's just overlaying himself in fact Moses himself said uh, you know that that God will raise up a prophet like unto me from your own brothers you know interesting huh this is why the Lord says to us this is why God says to us this is why we have verse 6, 7, 8, and 9. We, we champion this and we put them on dog tags and we should. And we write them on our promise book. But why? Why do we have verse 6, 7, 8, and 9? Because of this job that should be done and because of the obstacles and the hurdles that need to be pushed out of the way and the enemies that need to be conquered. And verse 6 says, be strong. You can be strong because I, you know, just like I was with Jesus, I'm going to be with you. I will never leave you and never forsake you. And the works that he did shall you do also. You have to get up and you have to get over the obstacles that are standing in your path. And I'm going to clear them away now. If you'll just go toward them, I'm going to dry it up. This is, I mean, you're already right in the middle of a miracle. You've already been delivered. You've already been saved. You've already been filled with the Holy Spirit. you already got everything else. Now I need you to go forward. Jesus is dead. He's with me now. I need you to get up and do this. And therefore, be strong and of good courage for to this people to, to church 
to the people, to the people that we shepherd, you know, to our families, believer. We will divide an inheritance uh, as, as inheritance, as an inheritance, as, 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 you know, I mean, we're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ, but it's up to us to help divvy out. And, and, and this is what Romans 12 says, that he gives severally to each one different gifts. He divvies them out, he, but, but, but it, it's, it's up to us. Uh, to, to make sure that the people that we pastor and lead and shepherd and in our family, that they get what God has for them, what God swore to our fathers to give us. Verse 7, let me finish this real quick, okay? Um, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to, to all the law. In this scenario, instead of the law of, of, of in, in, instead of the book of the law, it's the book of grace, Okay? It was the book of law under Moses. It's the book of grace under Jesus. It's the Old Testament law under Moses. It's the New Testament. Once you make an overlay, uh, an overlay you, you have to make sure it's okay to change that. Have you ever read that and thought, you know, that you may observe, you know, uh, that this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth? Well, once I lay Jesus on Moses, it's a book of grace shall not depart out of my mouth. Okay? We have changed from an Old Testament natural scenario to a New Testament spiritual scenario. Now it's no longer the law and judgment. Now it is grace and mercy and forgiveness. And that book, that book, that word of God to this, to, to this group was law. To this group is grace. And that's why these overlays are so powerful, so that we don't get stuck right there and say, but this book of the law, that means that I have to do the law. This book of the law shall not. If I don't do the book of the law then, 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 and meditate in it day and night and do everything that is written, if I don't keep the Sabbath, if I don't do everything that is written in here, oh my goodness, then, then, then I cannot make my way prosperous. I cannot have good success. Not the truth. Overlay that with the word of truth. And now it doesn't make us lawless, but it makes us understand that we are not responsible for keeping the law, but we are responsible for keeping the law of grace. We are responsible for obeying Jesus. Okay. Have not I commanded you, verse 9, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you, you know, wherever you go. Again, here we are with the Great Commission. And, it, and it, as if that wasn't enough, let me read two more scriptures. Then Joshua commanded the officers and the people saying, pass through the camp. Pass through the camp. You know, overlay that. Pass through. Pass through this world. Pass through all until all, all the born again believers. Okay. Command the people saying, prepare. Boy, what a great word today. Prepare yourselves. Prepare yourselves for within three days. Oh, we're at the 15th. Three days is Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> for in three days, you will cross over this Jordan. Oh, that might be the Jordan of going to heaven. Who knows? But this three days is, is enough. Is time. It's enough time. We need to encourage people to prepare so that they can be prepared to get up and cross over their Jordan and get into the game. Get into, because what God wanted to do through Jesus has not been completed. And he's dead. Well, he's alive, but he died. And now it's our turn so that we can go in and possess the land which the Lord is giving us to possess. Is giving is a, you know, is a, is shows a continual process. 
Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.